we are. Hmm. Mm. Weird. Exciting, Feels... exciting times, Rachel. It, they, they, they're exciting times that we're living in. Scary times, but exciting. I believe this is, as the youngsters would say, off the chain. I do believe at one point, at least, youngsters have said that. Youth has coined those, that phrase. Those youths with all those, those phrases. I think another socially acceptable their one. Buns. <laughs> their man buns and their <laughs> ironic t-shirts. Yeah. I think I think another socially acceptable phrase would be, this episode is going to be so lit. Oh, Ooh, I've not yet used that term in my my own vocabulary. I'm liking it. It's going to be lit. I yes, like that. Lit. I am all about that lit lifestyle. Same. I feel that mm. that's very close to how I, you know, it should be really be my mantra. I'm, I really want to start doing transcendental meditation, and maybe that should just be like that my mantra that I repeat, even though I think that the first rule is like not to tell anybody your mantra. <laughs> lit to shit is my middle name. So there's that. <laughs> And if I ever make it as a famous rapper, that will also be my rapper name. If? You mean when? Well, that's true. I mean, it's only a matter of time before this podcast hits and people realize that I have a freestyle freestyle rapping prodigy at Mm -hmm. 28 years old, if that's Have we not mentioned this before? I don't know. How has this not come up yet on the podcast? I know Julia Roberts is listening because she's one of our favorite listeners. Mm-hmm. So maybe Angels. she'll get me hooked up with the right people. She obviously would be the, you know, the first celebrity I think of when I think of, you know, rap, you oh. know, culture for sure. Totally. Lit to shit. <laughs> so today we are doing a different kind of episode. Mitch and I just have been seeing a lot of new stuff lately and new stuff and old stuff. And we had, of course, opinions about it. So we thought we would share those opinions with you. And we had recorded this podcast earlier, like a week ago or so. And there were some audio issues. So we are re-recording and we might be talking about some new stuff. I don't know, Mitch, are you talking about the same stuff or you, you've you seen I, some new stuff since then? I'm definitely going to add an extra title to the things that I'm talking about. Okay. Um, it's really interesting that we have a movie podcast and we're doing an episode where we both watched some things. I know. And like, <laughs> it's a special episode because apparently that doesn't happen. Yeah. So it's going down to Chinatown. Yep. Um, the the things that I'm going to be talking about in order to make this episode lit to shit mm-hmm. is uh, I'm going to be talking about the movies Swiss Army Man, uh, the female reboot of Ghostbusters, Yay. Killing Joke, and Yay. then just a couple of days ago, I went and saw Star Trek Beyond, the third Star Trek installment. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll do a quick hot take on that as well because the world needs to know uh, whether they should or should not spend their totally. money on it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have this similar situation with Lights Out, so I'll be talking about that. Um, why We can maybe split it up then into like recommendations and non-recommendations maybe. I'm down with that. Okay, cool. So, so do, we um, want, do we want to start with the parts that sucked first so then we can kind of you know get the get the energy, get the emotions, get the heat going? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and we're going to be on some sort of a timer so that we don't go too crazy since this, we have a lot to cover. And if you have oh, listened yeah, the to the timer. podcast before, we tend to, I don't know, rant and go on certain tirades, et cetera, get off track occasionally. Cla- classic case. We've been yeah. on this episode for five minutes and still haven't mentioned the movies we saw. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there oh. you go. Yeah. We talked about Julia Roberts and rap for a while, but yeah. Well, I mean, we're, priorities, people. No Obviously. one should be complaining about that, by the no. way. 
No. Okay. So um, because technology, I am using the ever awesome stopwatch on Google. Yep. And if you're wondering how to do that, it's really simple. Go to the Google, Google stopwatch, mm -hmm. all one word, mm -hmm. all lowercase, and yes. you'll have this little box that pops up and lets you click a blue button that says start and a white button that says reset. It's quite fancy, really. It's an exciting time to be alive, Rachel. We were all waiting to know how you did that. Because yeah. I, for one, I don't use Google. I'm a Bing girl myself. So I, I would have been like, hey, Bing timer. You know, what would that have brought up? I don't um, know. Bing, I don't want Bing to doesn't have a timer. Bing only uses carrier pigeons because no one uses Bing. Well, you would know that I did if you had gotten my carrier pigeon email that I'd sent you via Bing weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if, if Rachel, if you needed more of a reason to believe that Rachel's from the Pacific Northwest where they do everything differently and slightly awkwardly. Let, let you know that Rachel uses Bing. I don't use Bing. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I use Gmail and Google. Sorry, everybody that uses How, Bing. I wonder if there's any completely unrelated to what we wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's Absolutely. anyone out there that uses Bing on Google Chrome. That would be a sight to see what would happen to the internet. So we want to we want to hear, hear from you, guys. <laughs> uh, because we're put, also putting together a circus freak show act, mm -hmm. and I yeah, think we that would be a great. I, I think that would be a great main event, a main feature, a main attraction would be come see the lone human being using Bing on Google Chrome. I think people would line up to see that. That is not like sixty or older. You have to yeah. be younger than a senior citizen, and you can't be an old man that wears suspenders and a belt. Nope. Nope, because nope, nope, nope. Um, if That's we can't trust given. you if you can't no. trust your pants. No, exactly. So let's dive in, Mitch. You saw Star Trek Beyond, and you had okay. some thoughts on that. All right, timer starts now. Star right. Trek Beyond. There's no way I'm going to use the full five-minute time limit on this because this is all I'm going to say pretty much. Don't go see it. This movie sucks. So um, it, when I saw the trailer for this, I was very skeptical because it was they boasted that it was from the director of Fast and Furious fast seven fasties I, I don't know but i was like that's not great and Fastly they used, and furiously awful yeah and they used um i think it was a beastie boys song and it was just like very odd and it it didn't look good and i haven't seen it obviously so what was there anything really specific about it that you hated um well other than the movie this, itself this is my biggest problem with series of movies that aren't gonna take the time necessary to doing it the right way because mm -hmm. I, I would rather wait five years in between installments of a movie if it means that I'm going to have the right director and the right production crew behind the movie because basically um, this is what happens when you watch the Harry Potter movies when you watch mm -hmm. the Marvel movies when you watch any movie series especially where action is involved you're going to feel it's disjointed because it has different directors and this is very much the first Star Trek movie that was not directed by J.J. Abrams right um, Justin Lin is the director. Um, I don't know enough of his work because I'm not a fan of the Fast and the Furious movies right. to make a judgment call, but I will tell you that this movie was severely lacking in cinematography and screenwriting. Um, the the dialogue was beyond campy. Like yeah. you want take take what you think is straw man caricatures and double it. Oh, and that's what God. this movie is. The the character, the actor that plays Bones, his uh, name escapes me right now, and I don't have IMDb up, so I can't look it up. He was the epitome of cliche overacting. I belong on a soap opera. Um, the the woman who played the uh, crazy albino fighter alien, I could tell that she had some really solid talent because she actually had raw emotion that seemed organic. 
but her dialogue was so bad that I couldn't take it seriously. <laughs> right. Um, and, and Idris Elba was as good as he could have been in this movie. I didn't even know he was in this movie. That's so crazy. I had no idea the, he was in it. He was the villain and he carried wow. the parts of the movie he was in, but in a that two hour, me. in a two hour movie, he was probably on screen for a whole 15 minutes, 20 wow. minutes. Wow. That's how I yeah. felt when I saw the new, Godzilla and that with Brian Cranston I was like okay um that's kind of a heavy hitter to just be writing off in the first 20 minutes of your movie but exactly and lastly I'll say um I did not like I don't know if they did this intentionally because it seemed like they weren't but the only thing I could compare it to the camera work the cinematography only thing I could compare it to was Cloverfield okay um it's so seemed, he's like trying to do a JJ thing without being JJ. <laughs> I don't I don't know if he was trying to do the handheld thing more right. as he was doing um he was moving the camera lens way too much. Every, every every single time it was like here's this thing every single time um the villains were doing something in this movie all of their action was a was a camera angle that was rotating on a complete axis, like in a right. complete circle. So mm-hmm. nothing ever looked correct. And it was, it was awful. And I didn't even know what was going on half the time. And then anytime there was stuff going on with the good guys, he would never have an establishing shot. Everything was moving. <laughs> and it wasn't like a slow pan either. It was too fast to, it was too, too fast, fast to furious. Be, yeah. Too fast to furious. It was too <laughs> fast to be a slow pan, but too slow to be a handheld documentary style type thing. So I just felt like I was being annoyed because I was watching somebody that forgot to tighten the tripod. Totally. Ugh. So do that with really horrible dialogue in a movie that costs like $200 million yeah. in a series a that lover. wasn't bad to begin with. I thought the first one in the reboot was phenomenal. Maybe, yeah, I did too. maybe, the, maybe the best reboot ever made of an action movie. Mm-hmm. I, I could probably say that without doing a lot of research right now off the cuff. And yeah. then the second one wasn't quite as good, but they did it a good. Terrible. Enough. I thought, yeah, it was, it was they, good. It wasn't great. They put Cumberbatch enough in the center of the movie yep. that he helped carry it. Yeah. And so it was like the one saving grace this film could have had was let's not have good. Let's, let's, let's have good dialogue for the one actress that was good. We failed at that. And Idris Elba was the only one with a good acting performance. And we only put him on screen for 20 minutes. Yes. So Star Trek Beyond, Snorefest, I wouldn't even spend a Redbox dollar on it. Don't even go see it. Um, yeah, so I had a similar experience. Um, my husband and I, uh, a couple right. weekends ago, wanted resetting to the timer. Resetting the timer. Um, we wanted to go see a movie, and we were originally planning on seeing the new Ghostbusters. I've obviously been anticipating it for a while. Yeah, of course and, you were. And then you made a horrible mistake. And, and then we made a horrible mistake. So I had... I can watched, I blame your husband on this one? Since no, he's not you can this. absolutely blame me and <laughs> this YouTuber. So I follow this guy on YouTube named Chris Stuckman. I really like his videos. He's, he reviews movies on YouTube. And I agree with him like 99% of the time. And he had made a positive review for this movie. And then I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and it was getting like really good reviews for a horror, like around six to seven out of 10, which is pretty much unheard of in the horror genre. It's usually either like a two or a three or like a nine or a 10. There's not a lot of like above average horror. Um, and we love the genre so much. We were like, okay, let's go see it. So we drove all the way out of Seattle to like this fancy movie theater so that we could eat dinner while we watched the movie. One of those where you get those big chairs and you can order popcorn and they bring it to your seat Drink and all these things. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And so we were in like prime movie watching condition. Like we're so excited. We don't know anything going in. All I knew is that it was like based on a short film that did really well and got him this movie deal. And 
the first 10 minutes like was fine like the creature design was really cool and it had so much promise and literally minute 11 it had gone to shit like it was the writing was so unbelievably bad and what movie did you see oh lights out i'm sorry i didn't even mention it lights out um it's and i just was like the acting was atrocious it had a child actor that i'm sorry was so bad which i feel like happens you know whenever you watch a movie with child actors it's gonna go either way they're either gonna be brilliant and like nominated for an oscar or they're gonna be gabriel bartman yeah and this dude was terrible it was so bad and it was just like it, the, I think the whole problem with the movie is like it wanted to take itself seriously the whole time and it was trying so hard to take itself seriously and be taken seriously, but it did the dumbest, most ridiculous things. And worse than anything, the worst part of the movie was just that it got so boring. Like it was so mind numbingly boring. It, it was just that never happens to me. And like we left before the movie ended just because I didn't care. I did not care. And I'm usually the girl that, like, no one wants to watch a movie with because I'm, like, looking up on Wikipedia how it ends because I can't take the stress. This was such a terrible movie. I am baffled that it's getting decent reviews because it has nothing on, like, even some of the crappy horror that I've seen recently, like, on Amazon Video Southbound or we just watched one recently called Holidays, which is another anthology. Like, those were so much better than this movie. I don't know why. Crazy it's... is um, this movie is rated at a seven on IMDb. It's which a is like... week four at best. Yeah. And it's the number 10 most uh, searched movie on <sighs> IMDb right now, which just seems wrong. But if you want a warning flag that proves our point right now, if you scroll down on a movie page and it has those little boxes that says people who liked this movie also liked, and it has like six movies that are listed right. with it to say like, here's some suggestions for you. Star Trek Beyond is listed here. <laughs> there so. you go. Hey, um, mean we so, say more? We didn't. Yeah. Don't spend money on either don't, of those wastes of time. Don't go to the movies to see those and pay money for it. So that's my Boom. two cents. Beautiful. Three minutes and 40 seconds. Nicely done. Thank you. Okay. So um, do you have anything else you want to rag on? Uh, those were my reg things. That was my reg thing. Okay. Yeah. I've got one that's a tweener. Okay. It's, it's like, you know, a classic C plus in college. It's enough gotcha. to get you through, but yep. it's not like great. You're not super proud of it. Yeah. At the same time. So we're going to do that one. Okay. All right. So, um, cause I've seen so much crap lately. I know. I feel that way too. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start the stopwatch. Click. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about the killing joke. Okay. Um, here's the deal. I'm about to get all nerd on it again because I love comic books and yep. I'm a nerd and here we go. Uh, I might piss off a bunch of people and get a bunch of crazy comments. So Rachel, if you want to hey. say something polarizing <laughs> yes, now, I've been, yes, I've been <laughs> waiting for this opportunity again. Oh, I'm going to start thinking about it. You go ahead. It was the way I can insult our listeners and fly under the radar. <laughs> yes. Cause Mitch is talking about comic books. Yeah. Um, okay. The killing joke is arguably the greatest batman graphic novel storyline written okay mm-hmm. um alan moore who i think is one of the most influential writers of the 20th century he's Watchmen. the guy that he wrote Watchmen, v for vendetta league of extraordinary gentlemen swamp thing series some superman stories uh the killing joke by batman a, a bunch of just incredible uh profound stuff for the genre yeah. um so uh the killing joke is considered to be the definitive origin story of the joker 
and why the Joker and Batman need each other, even though they despise each other. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever read. And it, it that doesn't change. The fact that it's a brilliant thing right. is amazing. So here's what happened. Um, they decided to make it into an animated movie that is rated R, which okay. I was really excited about. And they got yeah. uh, they got Mark Hamill amazing to, to come back and be the voice of the Joker, who's yes. the greatest voice of the Joker ever. Ever. Um and so that was awesome and then they got back the original guy that did the voice of batman on batman the animated series Amazing. um so it, it was good and kevin conroy's his name and i was excited about the little featurettes i had seen and so i thought okay the movie's rated r they got back the originals they're gonna do it right and it's gonna be good um and then what they did was because this movie was going to be originally released directly into blu-ray and dvd that doesn't surprise uh, me yeah, so that's what they do with animated comic book movies yeah. anymore. But because this movie was getting so much traction and so much popularity on the internet, Fathom Events decided to do a one-night showing in movie theaters across the country. And so I got tickets like a month in advance to go see this. Yeah, my brother tickets. did as well because he's a huge, huge, huge Batman fan. Yeah, and so I knew this movie was going to the, – these tickets were going to go fast. And they went so fast they actually added a second night for people to watch it, which is the first time Fathom Events has ever done that before. Cool. So this movie was a big deal. So if you haven't heard of it, know that in the comic book nerd circles, yes. this movie was supposed to be like upper echelon. Right. And here's the problem I have. This movie was just very mediocre. Mm, and that's a bummer. it's a really big bummer because this is supposed to be the definitive joker batman story some of the best work alan moore has ever written finally put together on screen and what we had was the first act of the three act movie was a muddled mess because they decided that instead of just doing the story the way it was they needed to add something to it to make it fill more time right and i'm just gonna say the Catwoman um narrative with um the equivalent of her joker with the villain that they had in the mob boss for the first 20 minutes and then her having random sex with batman just for no ever reason right. that that was completely disjointed it was poorly done it was rushed and it did not flow with the overall arc of the story because it, it they didn't do the time to have those characters develop and it was a weak weak sauce cliche a mirroring of her discovering who her joker was and it didn't work out well um, and that could really just be a microcosm for the whole movie because mark hamill was flawless well kevin i'm conroy, not surprised by that at all kevin conroy did a pretty good job um, and there were a couple of moments in this movie that were masterfully done particularly the ending i thought the ending was damn near perfect but there were just so many moments that were rushed and it probably so many just i think yeah it probably had just a lot of potential to be amazing and it wasn't which exactly is, like yeah. like the great example this is not a really big spoiler for anybody because if you're familiar with the story well no everyone's familiar with the character that becomes the joker in this in this book so it's yeah. not a big deal but when he becomes the joker he he has this accident um being a part of a of a heist at a at a chemical plant and he falls into these horrible chemicals and and he's a failed stand-up comedian and everything and he and he comes out of this this is supposed to be the big moment where he's standing in the moonlight in the middle of the dark and he's supposed to have this sadistic moment where he sees his reflection for the first time and he laughs like the Joker for the first time. And we have that slow, uh, that slow framing, that slow close up of him with his hand in his hair and him doing that sadistic laugh and that smile and everything and him not yeah. caring who he has just become. And that laugh is supposed to echo. And they did this thing where they did the zoom in way too fast and they did a very sharp black 
uh, frame cutoff of it. And it was only carried there for a couple of seconds. And I was like, that's, that's a perfect moment that shows how yeah. the directors of this movie didn't know what they were doing because they right. should have milked that. They should have done the slow pan. They should have had some slower music underneath it to make it more sinister. They should have let that echo as it did a slow fade and let that chill with us for a little bit and carry over into the next frame. But it just was choppy and rigid and cut to crap. And um, I wanted the movie to be more. And... I was prepared to say that that was going to be one of the best Batman movies because it should have been considering the storyline yeah, that it had. Totally. And and honestly, it it wasn't. It just wasn't. And I don't know if I'm going to add it to my collection. And I thought for sure that I would. Yeah, so that's killing, a bummer. I would say Killing Joke. If you're interested in the genre, interested in the story, it's worth watching once. Right. But you're probably going to be let down slightly. Yep. So my brother actually had the same thoughts as you, and he's a diehard a Batman fan and has read all the everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's and yeah, I just I think I'm more upset because this story deserved better. If it, right. if it would have just been another run of the mill Batman story, I probably would have been like, oh yeah, it's really really good. But it's right. You're t- you're touching Alan Moore. Yeah, totally. Is, who is in a whole nother level here? He's like the Holy Grail of comic book graphic novel writers he's right up right. there in the same breath as frank miller maybe even better yeah. so uh you, you you've got to do it right and i just think they missed the boat slightly i get it so that actually is a segue for me because i was going to talk about one movie but it actually i'm going to kind of join the two together because i have a similar sort of review about a movie that i recently saw that came out this year but um and then i just have one more really solid just all around good recommendation but um so the other day, my husband and I were watching, or he really kept talking about this movie, Midnight Special. He had seen it on the a plane ride back from New York City. Oh my gosh! And... I hope you're gonna say good things about it. If you don't, we're gonna have we're gonna have to fight. Okay, so here's I'll tell you. I have a lot of backstory. So um, he was like, "I really needed to see it. It's so so good. It really like really affected me and all this stuff." And I was like, "Cool, let's definitely watch it." And he was like, "But I also want to watch." this movie Daryl with you. It's from the eighties, which is basically like what this movie was based on, or it's a really similar story, you know, like I was like, okay, so which one do you want us to watch first? And he was like, let's watch Daryl. So we watched Daryl. I don't, I think it's like 1982 or three, like it's early eighties and um, very like forgettable. I don't think it was ever like received really well, or, like a huge hit. It might've even been made for TV, but I'm not sure. But like Michael Keane is in it. Or Kevin, what is his name? He's in like Best in Show and Beetlejuice. Michael Keat. Oh, I don't. Anyway, I'll remember it later. Um, and we watched it. And it was like so amazing. It was so nostalgic and just a really sweet movie. It reminded me a lot of like a more serious Harry and the Hendersons. Like it, it, it really emotionally affected me. It was a beautiful movie. So I was super excited to see Min- Midnight Special. And. Um, but I needed like literally two days of like nothing. I was like so emotional from watching Daryl. So we took a couple days and then we watched Midnight Special and I did really like the film and I definitely recommend it, but I will say it felt like I was dropped into the last like three quarters of a movie. Like I, I, or the last quarter of a movie even, and I was missing three quarters of a film. Like, and by the time the end happened, I just didn't have enough time with the characters to care about them, so it didn't really affect me. But the cinematography is incredible. The story is amazing. The acting is brilliant. Um, it's got Kirsten Dunst, who's I'm so happy that she's getting like a resurgence because she's doing so well. And 
Um, it's got, um, what's his name? The guy, Kylo Ren, Adam Driver. He's great. And I definitely Michael recommend it. Shannon. My, oh, man, obviously. Michael yes. Shannon. Yes. So it's so. it was really good. I just felt like it was very rushed, very rushed. And it, and it was like a two-hour movie, but I still felt like, I don't know. I felt like they dropped me in the last part of a movie, and I didn't get some stuff that I needed to really connect with the characters. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. I know. That's what, my, I, that's what my husband said, too. I... I, now, first of all, let me just say I really enjoyed Jeff Nichols. He mm-hmm. did um, he did Take Shelter, which I think is one of the most underrated movies of the 21st century. That movie is amazing, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. Um, that's Jessica Chastain and uh, Michael Shannon. Everyone should see it. He also did Mud, which got a lot of love when it got popular yeah, I on Netflix. Seen Mud I yet. My Mud husband also loved. loved that one too. Very solid movie. And I'm going to say that um, you may just not be a fan of the Jeff Nichols way of narr- narrative. It might be that. It really because might. Because I'm going to tell you, I thought Midnight Special was completely indicative of the same type of style that he he captures in Mud and Take Shelter. Okay. Um, so I, I, and I think that's partially why I like it. Because I can't disagree with you with that concept of like being dropped into the middle of a movie and being like, right. okay, what the hell is going on? That's, I think that's what he does intentionally. I think he really enjoys making you um, dig deep into a story that is more weird than you would have conjured on your own Mm -hmm. and make you try to live in that world with characters you don't have strong opinions of before you get there. Right. Um, I can see that. It just might not be my cup of tea. It's definitely an acquired taste. I talked to a bunch of people back when Take Shelter came out and I I was flipping out about that movie. Obviously, I thought Michael Shannon should have been nominated for Best Actor that year. That Mm. may be his best acting performance of his entire career. It's it's unreal. But I I heard from a lot of movie that was like, a lot of people that saw the movie that said, I'm not really sure if I was supposed to care about anything in the movie or I'm not really sure what happened. Okay, yep, then... That sounds exactly like how I felt with Midnight Special. Exactly. And yeah. so um, it, it, it may just be when Jeff Nichols is on the line, yeah. you probably should just not spend movie theater money on it. There you go. But, but I really it, like Daryl, and you would really like Daryl if you like Midnight Special. So <laughs> I recommend that. Fair enough. All right, look at us. We're flying through under five Woo! minutes again. We'll get it. <laughs> okay, I have two more movies I need to talk about. Do you have another one you want to talk about? I have one more, yeah. Okay, good deal. So we can still go every other. Totally. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about Ghostbusters for a few Oh, minutes. yay. I'm so, we have not talked about this whatsoever since you saw it, which is crazy. So I'm yeah. really excited. Absolutely crazy. So a little bit of background for everybody. Um, I am a massive Bill Murray fan. And the Basically. first Ghostbusters movie is one of my all-time favorite movies. I believe it is one of the top 200 movies ever made. Definitely. And I think it's a movie that everyone should see. Okay. Yes. So you have to understand that I grew up with this world. I love it. I have pictures of me being dressed up as a Ghostbuster for Halloween multiple years. Yep. It's it's a it's a part of my DNA. So I'm not I'm not coming to you with this concept of recency bias. Okay. Right. I don't want people to think I'm falling for that because I'm someone that truly does love the original. And if you want to go back into our backlogs and listen to the remakes episode, totally. you'll hear how I feel about remakes. Yep. You know. So I'm gonna say this right now. I thought the new Ghostbusters with Melissa McCarthy and uh, Kristen Wiig and uh, Kate Kate McKinnon McKinnon. and Leslie Jones. I wanted to name all of them because they are beautifully talented women. I'm going to say that this movie was awesome. 
Yay! I loved it. I freaking loved this movie. Yes. It was great. It was it was a great, great homage. Did you just have so much fun? Yes. That's yes. the thing. Is this was the most I felt about this movie the same way I felt about Star Wars The Force Awakens, which was totally this movie knows exactly what it is. It's also paying appropriate homage to where it came from, but it is still trailblazing an original um, path for itself so it can carry totally. on its own. And it was just so damn fun. And here's the, here's the thing I have to say to you naysayers, okay? Watch the first Ghostbusters movie objectively. Try to remove yes, the nostalgia from totally. it. Watch it. And you know what? It's the exact same thing, which is it's a movie that's not supposed to be spectacular. It knows yep. exactly what it it's is. It's fun. You guys, it's a summer blockbuster fun movie. What are what you, I think you hit the nail right on the head, Mitch, that people are just holding this one too close to their hearts, and rightfully so. It's a fantastic movie that we all grew up with, most of us, in some form or another. And but if you were to watch it as an adult, if you were to go to the theater tomorrow and watch Ghostbusters as without having that history, it's just a fun movie. That I mean, it's a really good fun movie, but it's not, you know, my left foot. I mean, my God. The Easter eggs in this movie were great. The homage to the to the old crew was great. Um, but he, here's here's why I think it really did strike a chord with what Ghostbusters is supposed to be. What makes the first Ghostbusters so great is um murray Aykroyd, ramus johnson and, and, yeah, the ensemble. Um, and moranis all yep. of them had are, were really good friends and all of them had worked together on things like saturday night live and a yep. bunch of other things where they were able to create and, and improvise with each other so they had this energy and it worked really really well and they captured a lot of those moments and made it seem like those people had authentic energy together because they really did mm -hmm. and the women in Ghostbusters is the, did the exact same thing. Melissa exactly. McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, all of them love SNL each other. Alum, except SNL for Melissa, alum. but she's hosted like four times and she's yeah. super close and, to everyone in the cast. And you could tell that they were all just feeding off of each other and that made that so fun to be a part of totally. the energy was just contagious and you know what the writing was friggin hilarious but were we really expecting like for it to not be great like that's the know. thing is like you know and it's you know like... what if even even if the rest of the movie sucked which it didn't it would be totally worth watching just for the hilarity and social commentary done with uh chris hemsworth's character oh my movie. god yes oh my so goodness funny. gracious was that so amazing you know what june diane raphael said of it i that i only know this because i listened to a podcast with casey wilson called bitch sesh and they're really good friends in real life and they went to go see it together in the movie theater and june said they don't make them like that anymore when referring <laughs> to chris Hemsworth. i was like that day you summed it up it was it's flawless and i just all of these main women are so ridiculously talented and they blended together so well. And I thought the writing was great. This was some of the most fun I've had at a summer movie. And oh, that's what Ghostbusters awesome. is supposed to be. And this does not take away from the fact that Kristen Wiig is easily one of the most versatile actresses in the she game right incredible. now. She's incredible. All hell, Kristen. Incredible. She's amazing. Gosh, she's one of my all-time favorite, favorite, favorite working comedians. Honestly, like... If, if I had to go off the cuff and just list my top five, it would be like, I know Lucille Ball would be there, and I know that Kristen Wiig would be on there. Well, I, the I really is, think that highly of her. I, think I, I honestly think Kristen Wiig is the female Bill Murray. 
She's just amazing. She's, because Kristen I think she Wig, might be even more versatile than him, but I don't know. We'll have to see with the rest of her career. Kristen Wiig, I think, will win an Oscar someday in her career. I think so, too. Well, she's won, she won for Bridesmaids, didn't she? Or was she just nominated? I thought they won for writing or something. No, I think she may have won for writing, but I'm talking for acting. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. She'll, totally. win, for, she'll win for acting. Because I'm going to say right now, uh, in the movie The Skeleton Twins and in Girl Most Likely and in um, what's the me. other one? Welcome to Me. Yeah, those those movies were either dramas or dramedies, and I she she breaks your heart. Oh and, yeah, and she's is, incredible. And is absolutely flawless in those films. I'm I'm telling you, she's she's gonna she's gonna be that one that has movies like Ghostbusters and careers like totally. SNL absolutely. and be one of the funniest women on the planet. And she's also gonna have an Oscar for making you cry. Totally. All hail Kristen Wiig. All hail. Um, so I'm super excited to share with you this one. I think by now the wildfire has spread. Most people have heard about it and the word has gotten out about how good it is. I think it's definitely been confirmed that there's a a season two, but I still, if anyone is listening, has not seen the show on Netflix, watch Stranger Things A-S-A-P. Everything about it is everything we've been waiting for in a sci-fi horror series it's everything that's been trying to come out like wayward pines this year was trying to do something and we've got the twin peaks reboot coming out which is good and but like the x-files reboot was not that great and this you guys this is like et meets the goonies meets x-files meets stand by me me it's just like so amazing the writing is incredible everything down to the title card and the music like literally by the time i saw the title card and it this happened to me with drive too by the time I saw the title card, I was hooked, hooked. I was like, what am I watching? We binged it in two days. It's so incredible. Winona Ryder stars and Get she's it. acting her ass off and she looks and is amazing. I'm so happy for her and I'm so Winona hoping Ryder, that this is the rebel, you know. popular opinion. Winona Ryder is, the, the woman is money. She is so money. I have such a soft part of my heart that just says Winona on it. I love her so dearly and all I want for her is success and happiness. She freaking <laughs> gave me nightmares in Black Swan. She's like, honestly, and you know how I feel about Aronofsky and like, I I did like Black Swan and I watched it once and only once, but she more than anyone or anything in that movie shook me to my core. <sighs> She's, the, the woman's got chops. I'm just going to yeah. say right now um, for, for the show Stranger Things, um, it has currently got a 9.2 rating on IMDb. Yes, so it well is, deserved. It is rated as the top 20, it is the number 20 ranked show out of the top 250. You guys, we're, we are is, in such a beautiful era of TV right now and like the ways to watch it. So just support it, watch it, rate it on Netflix, like tweet about it. I We have to keep shows like this going on. They're so good. And I just don't understand how anyone can watch that show and not like it. If you're in any way a fan of any of the things that I mentioned, anything from the 80s, anything sci-fi, anything horror that's written well, you're going to love this show. Well, and, and that's we're, all I've we're got to say. Eight, we're just part of what makes this show exciting is the innovation. And also what goes along with that innovation is this is part of the stream of the fact like we're in the middle of a wave of the vast majority of the top TV right now is mm-hmm. is provided by streaming services. It's amazing. It's, it's original content by Netflix, mm-hmm. Hulu, Amazon, and the like. 
Yep. Um, and and Stranger Things is like this. Stranger Things is the number one most popular page on IMDb right now. It's, it's the most so good, you guys. Page. It's so good. It's now, amazing. I can't I can't comment on it too much because I've only seen a few episodes, so I haven't made it on my way through yet. Yeah. But I I can totally vouch for what I have seen so far. The production value is stunning. The writing is amazing, yeah. and the acting, the music, is, is oh perfect. my gosh, but yeah. Here, and let, this will be on a bigger conversation we need to talk about another time, which is um, this speaks volumes about writing something original. I know. I know. We could get into that so heavily. I, I'm just going to let it let lie until we have another. We probably need to do a whole episode on, totally. why, yeah. on, on this whole topic. But Stranger Things is not inspired by a book. It is not reframing or repackaging something that has been done before. It's not a prequel or a sequel. It is literally... A group of people said, I have an idea for a fun story. What if we turned it into a TV show? Mm -hmm. And And it worked out in spades. (laughs) Exactly. And I I can't speak enough about how valuable I think that is just to the creative world. And the fact that this show is that good makes it even better. Absolutely. Boom. And while we're on the topic of that, I'm going to go ahead and jump to my last title, which I think is arguably one of the two most original movies I've seen in the 21st century. Ooh. Um, and that is, that is the movie Swiss Army Man. Yes. So um, I'm going to say something in a specific way because it's probably not going to make sense. And that's exactly what I want you to think if you're going to watch <laughs> this movie, which is this movie has fart jokes, mm-hmm. erection jokes, mm-hmm. um, two young 20-something guys really wanting to find a hot girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that this movie darn near moved me to tears and I think should be nominated for Best Picture. It was like Euro Trip until the last thing that you said. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the most... American movie... Pie until the last point. <laughs> <laughs> it's American Pie, except it's good. Except it's amazing and, and it, it moves my soul. <laughs> it doesn't have Jason Biggs humping a pastry. So it's already so much better. <laughs> already. Um, Swiss Army Man alongside Spike Jones's Her are the two most original and surprisingly emotionally moving movies I've seen literally in the last 10 years. Wow. Um, I loved her. I can't wait I, to see Swiss I would Army maybe Man. throw a little Miss Sunshine in that conversation too. Like, Oh yeah. Yep. These and are the types of movies that, that Swiss Army Man is. Yeah. Um, Swiss Army Man uh, does a phenomenal job of showing you what it's like to just desire connection and celebrate the silliness and randomness of life. Um, this is not a spoiler because it's literally the first frame of the movie. We find Paul Dano um, stranded on a desert island, and you can clearly see he's been there for a long time, and he's given up on ever finding hope to to be found. Mm-hmm. And so the first frame of the movie is him trying to hang himself, and the thing that convinces himself not to go through with it is Daniel Radcliffe's dead body washes up to shore and starts farting, and he's fascinated by it. It's just, like, insane. But... The soundtrack to this movie is flawless. I think everyone should buy the soundtrack and have fun jamming to it because it's fun. It is energy catching. It is innovative. And it is almost all completely done acapella, which is just staggeringly awesome. So Swiss Army Man soundtrack, the whole thing is on a playlist on YouTube. So you can check it out, especially the song Montage. Do it. It'll blow your mind. Um, Paul Dano, this should be his fourth Academy Award nomination, even though he doesn't have any. I know. God, I mean, the so fact good. that he did There Will Be Blood, Little Miss Sunshine, Love and Mercy, and now Swiss Army Man and has no Oscar Talk about a resume. Movie. Holy <laughs> moly. The dude's 31. That's, oh, boy. 
he's God. He, he's probably one of my top five favorite actors in the game. Yeah, and he's thirty one. Like, talk about. But this this movie was incredible to play on the the heartbreaking irony that we have in, in the way we view ourselves. Um, Paul Dano's character is one of those weirdo nerds, socially awkward people who who has habits that are that make people a little uncomfortable, even though he's not creepy. Mm-hmm. And he never felt like he belonged and he doesn't have his community of people. So right. it's kind of um, ironic that he ends up on a desert island, even though that may that may not be the way it turns out. I'm not going to spoil the ending for you, but there's more to it than you think there is. Right. Um, and then he finds this dead body. And then Daniel Radcliffe slowly starts coming back to life and uh, and talking a little bit. And you don't know if it's a figment of Dano's imagination right. or if it's actually happening or not. But what, what we find is, is he has to relearn everything. And so he doesn't understand social convention. And mm-hmm. so what's funny is, is Radcliffe just starts speaking honestly about his urges, what he wants to do, what he thinks is fun. And Dano, <laughs> who was doing that in his everyday life, is constantly saying, you can't do that. People don't do that. This is not the way we operate. People are going to think you're funny. They're going to make fun of you and you're not going right. to have any friends. And then what happens is, is they realize, you know what? Maybe we don't want to be found and we just want to create a life amongst ourselves and celebrate the weirdness that we have in a non-sexual way. Totally. And, and just, and see what it's like to know that we want the same things and just maybe fantasizing about it will be enough. Yep. And it is surprisingly moving. And I think this movie is ingenious. It is original. It is masterfully shot. It is perfectly acted. It makes you think it is a, a lot of laughs and this movie moved me deeply, and I really do think that it deserves to be in the conversation of all the heavy hitters come award time. I'm so excited to see this movie. I've heard nothing but good things from everybody that loves movies. So if, I'm really if, excited if nothing to see else, it. if you're just starving for something original, even if you don't really care much for the message of the movie, just go and watch this because it's going to be the most original film you see all year. Totally. Well, you guys have a lot of recommendations to choose from. You got, you know what not to see. So hopefully you agree with us. And don't you dare spend any money on Star Trek Beyond. If you do, I will find lights out. Same with lights out. Please don't because it's already going to get a sequel. I already know. It's already made so much money. God. Oh boy. Yep. That's uh, that's how it goes. That's how she goes, isn't it? But hopefully you guys will enjoy the other movies I mentioned. That's the thing that sucks with stuff like that in the industry too, because this is what happens with movies like that. Like the same thing happens with every horror movie genre or superhero yeah. movie genre is it has a really good opening week. So then the movie companies, what yes. they actually do is, is they say a sequel is going to be made and then they contractually put down yes. when the release date of it is going to be before they even have a script or know who's going to write the script. It's insane. This is why we have paranormal activity 20 and they're all horrible. The first one was so good. Do you guys remember when that came out and how good that was? And now it's, now it's ruined. Say it was saw. How many saw. saws are there? It, it even happens <sighs> with TV. I mean, you want to know. know why I, I, I read it. I remember reading an interview a few months back with the writer of true detective oh, about, totally. about how um, the, the biggest culture shock that they experienced with that movie was uh, true detective season one was just the singular story that this guy had come up with and had been, it, it was like his Rocky, 
where yep. like he had been writing it and working on it for such a long period of time. And then it got sculpted into this perfect piece of art. And then they got McConaughey and Harrelson to do it. And then all of a sudden he's got this deadline to, this do, to produce the exact same yeah. thing for season two. Yeah, I know. And this is also what happened. Do you know that JJ Abrams only wrote and only planned on two seasons for lost? And I think anything after the second season of lost is absolute garbage. And it was not meant to be a television show after that long. And then they just started writing themselves into total holes that they couldn't get out of, and it turned into a shitty show. Ugh. England and has it right, because they do their series, literally they'll do two or three seasons max. That's, and it's that's perfect. Why, uh, uh, if you want to go and listen to, to what I'm about to say, you can check it on the Bill Simmons podcast and just find it with the episode where he interviews Louis C.K. Um, Louis C.K. basically said that's exactly why he uh, pushed pause on making Louis. Yep. Said, you know what? I ran out of really good ideas, and my and desire why for do you doing wanna, the show exactly. wasn't as strong as it used to be. And he said, I had been working on the script for Horace and Pete. Mm-hmm. So he said, I became a big enough star and a big enough staple that FX that they're just letting me do what I want. Oh yeah, they they love him. And, so he's and so, like, and he straight up said, Louis Louis will be back. He just doesn't know when because he doesn't yep. want the show to go to shit. Thank God, because it's a perfect show the way it is, and it would suck to watch it go to crap. So and now we have Horace and Pete. Yep. So, so yeah, and he's producing that's, baskets too, which is also phenomenal. So, and that's what that's what happens when you give talented people the space to be talented. And this is what happens when you don't put us on timers because we will continue to talk and talk and talk and talk. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, that, watch that's some it. movies, guys. That's it for the things to avoid and the things yep. that we recommend for uh, until August first, two thousand sixteen. So maybe we'll have to do another one after the summer has died down and we get the rest of our summer releases, but. Anyway, check us out at starvingcritics.com. Leave us some comments so we can hear from you. Um, The most important thing you could do is you could check us out on iTunes and rate us and review us. That would be awesome. And just tell people that you listen to the podcast if you enjoy it. Word of mouth is always really good. We have a Twitter account, which is at starve underscore critics. And we're on Instagram um, at starving critics. So check us out on many of those uh, platforms. And uh, let us know what you want us to cover in episodes because yeah, some of our sure. most fun ones have been when uh, listeners have gotten to us and we've used just about every one of them so far. Yep. Awesome, guys. Watch some movies and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, night, whatever it is that wherever you are. And stay lit. Stay lit, most importantly. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys.